Welcome to the Unfading Truth Bible Reading Plan. Today we're reading Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 26. You've heard of the Ten Commandments, but maybe they should be called the Ten Times Ten Times Ten Commandments. Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 26 records the interaction between Jesus and a rich young man. Starting here at verse 16. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Looking at question and answer 93 here this week as we look at these Ten Commandments uh, and wondering how it is that these commandments that we've been given are divided. And the answer is they've been divided into two tables. The first has four commandments, teaching us what our relation to God should be. And the second has six commandments, teaching us what we owe our neighbor. He started off so well. This rich young man asked Jesus the question that should be everyone's top priority. He said, what good thing must I do to be saved. All of us, every person born since Adam, instinctively knows there's a relationship between salvation and doing good things. But this young man is smarter than most, for he can see that not everything that seems to be good actually is. And so he wants to focus his efforts on what really counts. Well, Jesus didn't need to think about this question for too long. Although it's a profoundly important question to ask, it's not at all a hard question to answer. If you want salvation, well then perfectly follow the commands of the one who is good. Well, here's where things started to go off the rails for the young man. He asked Jesus, which ones, which commandments? It's the moments like this that we really see the patience of our Savior. He would have been totally justified to burst out laughing at the glaring stupidity of this question. 
or even have the young man instantly smote with fire from heaven for daring to suggest that some of God's commands are more important than others. But Jesus doesn't do what the rest of us would have done if we were in his position. Jesus continues to engage the man in conversation. Keep the second table of the law, Jesus tells the man. In other words, love your neighbor as yourself. At this, a smile likely came upon the the young man's face. After all, he had certainly never murdered, committed adultery, stolen, or, or lied, or so he thought as he confidently reported this to Jesus, at the same time wondering if there was a detail or two that Jesus could suggest that he ought to add to the list, just, just to be really sure. But somehow this man missed the fact that Jesus had said nothing about the first table of the law, those first four commandments that teach us what our relationship ought to be with the one who said, be holy because I am holy. Jesus goes on to tell the man that perfection requires much more than following 10 commandments. After all, nowhere does the Bible command a person to give away all that he has. True godliness includes all of the implications of both tables of the law whether they've been written down or not. Both this rich young man and the disciples are absolutely crushed by Jesus' answer. Who could possibly meet this exponential criteria for salvation? Let's dig a little bit deeper. We understand God's law to have three purposes. Number one, God's law shows us how sinful we are. Number two, it provides a a general guide for how society ought to behave. And then third and finally, it shows us, those of us who are saved, how to live a grateful life. Now, the Heidelberg Catechism properly focuses on this third use of the law, the, the gratitude use. But don't forget that you will never really be truly grateful unless you first understand your guilt. This is why we read some portion of God's law in our worship services so that we are regularly convicted by it, so that each week we're forced to ask along with the disciples who then can be saved. So when we hear Jesus answer, with man salvation is impossible, but with God all things are possible. We can look at these two tables of the law as a guide for grateful living in response to God's grace, freeing us from our exponential guilt. As you pray today, use the AAA prayer pattern. That's where you begin by just acknowledging who God is. Today, open our prayer using this passage that we've just read from Matthew. We can open our prayer to our Father, the one who is good. Then align your life with God's will. And do that by thanking God for his law. Thank, thank God that we've met the law's conditions in Christ. And pray that we would use his law as a guide for grateful living. Then you can ask God for what you need. Remember, everything else that you hear today is going to fade away. But the word of the Lord is unfading truth.